ASMR uh, episode, apparently. Uh, yes, it's the thing these days. Um, nope, I'm just talking. I watch those soap cutting vids. They're I, relaxing. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I've watched a few of those things. Uh, doesn't Cardi B have a few? Yeah. yeah. They're pretty cool. She has like some, it's like the Bronx ASMR, apparently. Like, yeah. It's pretty hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. Well, uh, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, friends. Um, so we we I, you actually went to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that you went out to see this. It's funny because I didn't watch anything. And I haven't been able to watch anything at home. Really? Yeah. Since we recorded, I haven't been able to just sit down and watch something at home. Um, but I did get to go to the movies. So yeah, and we saw Ma. Ma. It's uh, it's all right. It it's is all right. I mean, I liked it. I like the cast. Um, it's. Uh, one of the the high schoolers was just in Booksmart. Did you see that? I did not. Kate loved it. Did we talk about that last time? No. Um, I did watch it actually. I was surprised. Um, um, our resident hater Matt didn't like it, but he's no fun and hates everything. Um, I think I had the opposite effect. I think he got like it was too hyped for him. Um, I had the opposite. I was like, oh, I'm probably not gonna like it. People kept calling it like the female. Um, it's not like super bad for Matt. Okay, I know. Well, that's what uh, people kept calling it the female super bad, and I was like, but that pissed me off because I was like, so what? Like, it's yeah. not funny on its own. And I watched it, and I actually really liked it. It is really funny. I heard it's um, great. It's it's great. I I did really like it. Um, but one of the girls who's in Booksmart is in Ma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's like a typical. You had mentioned you had a comment about how it had a very eighties oh feel. Oh my god, Ma felt like it was thirty years too late. It felt like it. It felt like such an eighties horror film without trying to be an eighties horror film. But it, I don't, yeah, I don't like, mean that in a good way. I mean that in like a God. I really wish you had kind of gone all in on the. Um, if you're gonna make a movie that like feels feels like it should have come out in the eighties, yeah, go all in. You know, just I yeah. don't think it was intentional. I really don't think that the director, maybe the writers, but because the writers did not. Um, the writers did not have anything to do with the direction. The director had nothing to do with the writing. I think him and Octavia Spencer came up with the backstory, but you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, I like Octavia. I like her. Octavia I love her. Spencer. I think she's great. She's great as Ma, but it just felt, I don't know. It felt too long and like, yeah. it did like at first when you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, but it's high school is fucking high school. No matter what year you're in, there's always going to be, bullies and parties and nerds and like it's gonna perpetuate until the high sure. school goes away which who knows if it ever will but right. um it's uh it does have a lot of callbacks especially since they specifically call back the 80s yeah in it but i mean i i think more along the lines of like making that the did you have a new add a new bar to your apartment by the way that's I really did. cool um come over ladies and gentlemen i have a bar table um but uh <laughs> i just noticed that um but no, like the whole idea of it being such a huge plot point, like the whole, you know, it just felt like a revenge movie and from the eighties, yeah. but without being as fun as a revenge movie from the eighties. It like, it, it, 
I don't know what it was. There was something about it that I just felt off. Maybe I it's liked a disconnect it. of, it's funny because when I saw it in the theater, there was a bunch of high schoolers sure. near me. And at first I was like, uh, annoying. <laughs> but their reactions kind of made my reactions a little funnier, I guess you could say, because they're in high school currently, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I feel like they have a closer um, relationship with this movie than I would. It is funny. It's a little silly. It's just too long. It was two hours. I felt like it could have easily been an hour and a half right um they could have just got to it right um but i didn't hate it i really didn't and i kind of liked um the experience of going to a theater like i wasn't mad that mm -hmm. i spent money on it no neither was i it was a fun it was a fun thursday night i was glad i went um but you know it, it's just one of those things where it's like i knew what it was going to be before i even got there i was like yeah. this movie's not i'm not going to walk away from this being like what a brilliant movie i was like this is going to be stupid and fun yeah this was like a nice movie yeah. yeah, you know what it was like. You know, like you know, I was saying this to to Kate, and she did not agree with me. Um, <laughs> but you know how like misery, um, you know, was made in like eighty nine ninety, right? Yeah. But it feels very timeless. Mm -hmm. Imagine if misery was made in the eighties, but felt like an eighties film. Yeah, that's what Ma felt like. Where that's it was what like, it feels to you. It didn't feel like a, yeah. It, it, it was like very. It was dated, but not in a the way that I usually like things that are dated. I'm uh -huh. like, none of the fun stuff, you know. So. Um, Go check it out, but I'm interested because I'm interested to see if anybody else caught the whole weird '80s vibe to it. Not just yeah. the soundtrack, not the fact that they're dancing to the and the dance. flashbacks. And the flashbacks, but I just mean the whole, the whole point, the whole movie just felt like it was a, a movie that came out in '86, '87 that just didn't get released until 2019 and had cell phones in it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but that was the only movie that I've seen. Um, I can't believe it. I um, well, I watched the new Black Mirror. That was the thing that came out. It is trash. It's trash. The first episode I kind of liked, though. Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't know this. I, I saw another trailer for um, uh, Ari Aster's new movie. Uh, yeah, Midsommar. Midsommar. I did not know the dude who was in Black Mirror, who I really liked in Black Mirror. Remember that uh, the Banner Snatch episode? Yeah. The guy who was the, who's the... Oh, yeah, he's in it. He's in it. And I was like, oh, I'm really... I'm even more excited yeah. because I really like him. I am, too, especially since he, like is tinging on horror a little bit or he, horror. He was the original pick for Pennywise when Carrie. Oh Fukun yeah, that's right. When, he was. And Carrie Fukunawa was going to direct, um, which it. would ruin. I'm, I'm kind of glad he didn't. Cause I feel like it would ruin his face forever for me. Yeah. Um, like I love him in Vandersnatch. I I, he's like a babe. I would, I would date him aside from, you know, I'd him. hang out with him. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was cool. I was like, he's cool. Yeah, he was cool. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I watched all three episodes. I mean, I'm not, like, mad I watched them, but they had, like, it seemed like they went way poppy with it. Mm -hmm. um, Miley Cyrus is in the last episode. I don't hate the episode, but every episode kind of had a happy ending. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like traditionally they're more, like, uh, it's called Black Mirror for a reason. Even if it's comedy, it's black comedy, you know. Right. Um, it's it's dark subject matter, you know. It's our humanity's own neurosis, and sure. these just didn't feel that. I liked the first one, but uh, it was just kind of dumb. I thought it was just lazy, and they wanted to get something out because you know Bandersnatch had come out a while ago now, and mm. uh, they needed a new season. But it's not that great. Um, I did watch something. I, I completely blanked. I watched something after I watched Ma. Since we're talking about TV shows, yeah, I watched the first episode. Of uh, Good Omens, which I oh yeah, was really I good. did. Uh, I, I watched that. Um, I'm halfway through. Okay. Um, I I like Neil Gaiman. I, I um, 
I really like the first season American Gods. I was I'm interested to see. I like Michael Sheen. I like David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. I think they're great. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun fantasy type. Um, it's the omen if it was a comedy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So and I, there's like angels, but the angels are, right. you know. I never read, the, I remember buying the book a long time ago. I never actually ended up starting it. And then by this, at this point, the show is already out. So I'm like, I'm just not, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back in time and, and read the book or anything like that. But um, it's always worth it. I feel like for his books. American Gods, I'm glad I read the book. Yeah. You know, I read the book years, like a decade ago, but I'm, I'm glad, you know, which um, makes me feel less bad about not keeping up with that show because. I was like, yeah, I read the book. I know where everything's going, and I like, I, I'm, I like what they've done with the show. But, um, God, I feel like none of this like TV talk is exciting, when, especially when. Well, we're, I. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's, but that's the thing is like now, especially Netflix and their own series and their own movies. A lot of this stuff is just coming out on TV, so you don't really have to go to the theater, which I love. Never leaving my house. I know, but I feel like it misses out on like you know that. That communal feeling that when you get it when it's right, you know. When yeah, you, when, when it's you, right. When it when it's when you when you have a go to the right time, right place, right theater, and like people aren't being total douchebags and and talking during the, all the the shit that you. I mean, I just get so we've talked about it. Like, I feel like it. most of the time that doesn't happen. I feel like it's very rare. What I go to the movies a lot. I still, even though I don't like to leave my house, I still go to the movies. That's like the one thing that you can probably get me to do. Um, so I feel like most of the time it doesn't happen to me. There's been a few times where it has, but like, and luckily, you know, the person has stopped yeah. um, after me freaking out in the theater. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I just remember too that like I did go to another movie, but it's not like a new movie or anything. And, and usually when I go to the, what I'm about to describe, it is a total shit show. But for some odd reason, the last two times I've gone have been really like a good experience. But, um, uh, they over at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, they played Goonies. Oh, uh, yeah, you went to that? I went to that, and uh, I got a little drunk, got a little high, and, and uh, I mean, that movie never fails to get me, like, crying. Like, by the, by the end of the <laughs> that's movie. That's your cry movie? That's my big, I mean, that's always been the big cry oh. movie for me, where, like, I always, like, I just lose my shit at the end. Yeah. Like, the whole thing with their reuniting with their family, and Data's dad, and, like, and then Sloth and Chunk, and I'm just, like, yeah. I lose my shit, and, like, I, thankfully, um... I was drunk and a little high, so it was like, no, no, that's the only reason why I got upset. That's the only reason why I cried is because I'm, I'm, I'm just so fucked up. Yeah. Oh man, I had not so, that you love it and you always cry at so it. So many beers, so many drugs. You know, no. Uh, it, I I love that movie. Um, but yeah, that that was usually when I go to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, I want to like annihilate the entire crowd because they're outdoors and I'm like we can talk through it. Neither I didn't care this time. I won't go see. Um, I. You you've noticed I've never gone to an outside movie because I don't like it. Yeah. Um. I that's an unpopular opinion. Uh, a lot of people like to to do that with large crowds. Listen. Um. If I'm gonna pay twenty dollars for a movie ticket, I want a theater experience. Okay. Yeah. I want to sit outside. There's bugs. There's trash. There's fucking loud people. Like. I don't like it. But there is going to be, I mean, Goonies not, is probably not the best example. I mean, Goonies a, is a fun movie, but like, but I could have fun seeing, in a theater. But seeing Lost Boys or Poltergeist in a, in, in a cemetery is no. really cool. I'll accept drive-ins because you're in the confines of your own um, comfort, which is, my car is very comfortable. Yep. But uh, no, I don't, I just don't. I'm not an outside movie person. I'm sorry, guys. No, I get, I get it. It's just, for me, it's like the idea of watching a horror film and being like, I'm in a cemetery. 
watching a horror movie. That's a really cool. Yeah, not the Hollywood Goonies Forever doesn't even feel like a cemetery to me. Not where they shoot. Not where you watch. But it is. It is kind of cool because you're walking through. You get to see like Mel Blanc's uh, grave. Um, yeah. Like, gravestone and like you get to see all these like you know it's. I'm always fascinated. Obviously walking through cemeteries anyway because you're like oh. This per this this person died like forty years ago, like and they yeah. were you know live 40, 50, 60 Yeah, it's like years a museum that. cemetery. Right, exactly. That's what Hollywood yeah, Forever does. Definitely feels like a museum cemetery where you can go see Johnny Ramone's grave and um, yeah, Bella go see and a bunch. Of I'm other not people. opposed um, to the cemetery. I'm more opposed to that. Watching the movies. Yeah. Well, uh, look that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I did. I did watch actually a lot. So um, the movies I watched at home were so after I, I talked about this last episode, I watched a funeral parade of roses. I I've uh, fucking loved it so much that I was like, I have to just immerse myself in this uh, late sixties, early seventies Japanese horror. So really, that's all I've been watching. Um, besides going, I watched Demons, which is um, his other movie, Toshio Matsumoto. Um, 1971. When you said you watched Demons, I was like, yeah, just we covered that. No, not that Demons. Um, (laughs) But uh, again, another masterpiece. Uh Um, I watched this movie called Blind Beast, um, 1969 by, yeah, sorry, I'm going to murder these names, but Yazuo Masamura. Um, It's about, this one, I, I fucking loved. It came as a recommendation. I was just looking for these, you know, weird uh, 60s horror movies from Japan. Um, and so I watched this movie and it's fucking incredible. It's about this like blind, um, <clears throat> creepy sculptor who um, stalks this model and ends up kidnapping her so he can create her. But how he sculpts her is by he has to touch her and feel her and then he sculpts this thing. Yeah. Um, so he kidnaps her and brings her back to this studio. Um, but he's blind, but his studio is just like, um, like a trophy case of all the women he's ever touched apparently or like or seen and so he's he recreates them so there's like eyes everywhere and ears and they're all um it's even funny because they just outright say it in the film they're all huge and you know the woman character who was kidnapped is like you are a baby she's like these are all huge pieces you know big ears big eyes big legs everywhere she's like no wonder you um, made them so big is because you're a child and you're just recreating your mother over and over and over again Mm. um but anyway uh it it ends up being uh really strange i don't want to ruin the ending for anyone but it's already creepy setting because uh uh, blind man kidnaps a oh, model so to a sculptor a, and keep her. <laughs> oh, he had to, he had to uh, keep drilling the fact that he's blind. It's not that he's a creep. He's blind. Like, he's a blind creep. No, he's definitely a creep. But that's like it's all mommy issues, which a lot of Japanese and it, this segues into our actual main film. But yeah. a lot of Japanese um, folklore is around centered around women. Um, you don't say. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty obvious from all of the Japanese horror movies that I can think of. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, you, you said it's centered around women, but I also, and, and we should probably preface this with a whole thing with the, is that we're, we're going gonna, gonna to be doing the next few episodes, we're going to be kind of traveling all over the globe doing uh, international films. And, you know, Jess wanted to do a Japanese film. So before we get into the, the yeah. film that we, we actually did, you know, what is it, you were noticing how, like, you know, you're saying a lot of, like, folklore you know, in, in Japan, a lot of, like, um, what else am I, what's the other word I'm looking for? Not besides folklore, but... Like, ghost stories ghost or even stories. Urban, urban legends in their own right. So, 
Um, it's funny because I, you obviously have to look it up. I, w- I was like, oh, like I'm really curious about this because, um, especially I feel like in the '60s through '90s is when like um, Japan started getting really big on horror, and and of course in the '90s like J horror was was yeah. really big. Um, but apparently it started I guess a lot earlier than anyone would expect. It um, I guess started in the 1920s, which of course a lot of that stuff is lost mm-hmm. just to time. Um, but it kind of started because there was this like Irish traveler who went to Japan. His name was uh, Lafcadio Hearn. And uh, he actually, it, it was like, uh, what, late 19th century, he immersed himself in Japanese culture and he started to compile all of their stories oh, wow. and made them into an English translation book. So he published this book. And then after that, that I think was published in 1904. And then after that, a lot of, um, since now um, there's just like a book of stories, you yeah. know, um, a lot of people started making films about them. And that's kind of how it transitioned. And I think, um, and I started watching mostly the 1960s films because I felt like that's really where it, it started a lot with Anibaba with I was gonna say uh, Anibaba or whatever yeah. it's called um, so I, I started I watched those which are incredible films but, which, I, which I was gonna point out is that yeah like it, it's interesting because like a lot of at least quite on Onibaba especially yeah. they're, they're uh, and uh, oh my god I, I'm gonna fuck up a name and I'm not even so I'm not even gonna bother but there was another one <laughs> Oh, Ugetsu. Yes, um, yes, yes. Um, but um, but they're you know they're all period pieces. Yes, you know, and I like that. Like I, I, I think it's too. really interesting that like in the '60s, Japanese horror was you know um, you know dealing with like the samurai era. You know, like Onibaba. Yeah, I'm mistaken is is uh, two women bumping off samurai travelers or travelers on the road and like yeah, and uh, one of them gets like that mask stuck to her face. And you know, interesting, really uh, interesting story is that uh, William Freakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're watching The Exorcist and you're watching the you know the dream sequence that Father Karras has, where like that subliminal m- image of like the demon, yeah. is based off of the Onibaba mask because he really it really stuck with him. So, mm-hmm. it, yeah, these these movies are incredible. So of course, when I was watching them, I'm like, we have to do a Japanese horror movie, which is funny for our episode. Yeah, and, and it's because you were saying that like a lot of like you know like the ghost stories were were female based, which is. A lot. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the J horror in the the 2000s forward. You really? Uh, I mean, the the first Ring or Ringu, whatever, yeah. is good. But like, it, it after a while, it just it for me they they all kind of they don't feel uh, different. You know, mm-hmm. they all feel like variations of the oh, same yeah. story. Whereas what I like about like 80s and 90s uh, Japanese horror is that there's a lot. Of, there's a huge sexual uh, element because I mean, like, it's oh, really yeah. weird for like such, you know, like uh, a culture that is very like. You know, um, I don't want to say there because I don't feel like, I don't think Japanese culture is repressed. I just mean they're very like um, staunch. I don't know. Yeah, I know what the word is. I, it's like chaste, especially with know? like um, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Except you know, geisha's but, word thing. But it's like right. very they're they're reserved on the outside. If yeah, know. and they're fucking freaks in the yeah. bedroom. You know, and like so yeah. like my favorite Japanese horror is like Tetsuo the Iron Man. Where like you know mm-hmm. it's it's about it's like uh, you know a guy gets hit by a car. Um, and you know, the man who hits him with, well, there's this guy who's like, he's shoving metal pieces into his body and then he gets hit by a car and the guy who hit him starts becoming this weird, like metal human hybrid that Uh is like, and there's like this crazy fucking sex scene in it. Um, his, his dick becomes a drill, like a a pneumatic drill, like so much crazy shit. And it's just like, I love what I love about Japanese horrors. I feel like that was where the directors were going like. Let's go fucking, let's go all yeah. out, you know? Like, fuck, you know, uh, 
there was that movie that we watched on my birthday that everybody was just kind of oh like yeah what burst. a wild <laughs> weird I, f- I feel like the movie we did because we did um, House, House yeah um, which it was 1977 mm-hmm. um, which I feel like since I've been watching a lot of 60s films and then I, I'm familiar with like the late 90s and, and t- 2000s how ridiculous it is this is like a perfect weird middle bridge between yeah. the two which is like weird to see the transition between the horror phases yeah. um, but I, I it's so strange because there is there, yeah because there's 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 an element of like the eroticism which 90s yeah. and 90s will be a big they, part I, like, of think of like Ichi the Killer and like even a lot of uh, uh, Takashi yeah. Miki's films are ridiculous I, I feel like for a while um, a lot of Japanese horror had this like really strange, ridiculous. Well, I mean, it was like you know the French had the French extreme era yes, in like the yeah. late mid to, mid to late two thousands, whereas like the Japanese like had it in the like the nineties. You, yeah. you, you like there was like what the fuck am I watching? You know, and <laughs> and, yeah. and what I like about House is that like it kind of combines what you were saying about like the 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 folklore and the fairy tale, and mm-hmm. then the it combines that with that. Like I said, like not it doesn't it's not really drilling it in, but you can't escape the fact that like. There is a there's a uh, a hint of sexuality throughout this entire story with yeah. like the girls and like you know, um, but House is a the best descri- uh, if if you've never heard of House or House Two, um, the best description for it is is a uh, it's a haunted house film sort of, I guess. Um, yeah, I like a bunch of girls go to the countryside to go stay with one of their aunts uh-huh. because her. Um, father is getting remarried and she can't, you know, after her mother's death and she can't deal with it. So she, she takes a bunch of her friends to her aunt's house. And, um, I was going to say, I was about to say hilarity ensues, which it kind of does. It is. It's like, it's, um, terrifying in a way of that. It's like, it's so absurd. Yeah. It's so absurd. Um, yeah. And, but I, I, you know, it's, there, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, you know, but a lot of people who know of this movie, you know, or have seen the trailer, go look up the trailer, House Sue, 1977. The trailer's a really good indication of what you're going to get in the film. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's it's visually, it's this, it's a cornucopia of what the fuck. Uh-huh. You know, like, you have no idea what's happening half the time. Um, the narrative, it kind of takes a backseat to, like, the 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 visuals and the, the, um, the style that he's shooting this movie in, but, like... There, uh, this is what I've seen you before watching. There is a story in this movie. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's, it kind of is, is take, like I said, it kind of merges and takes a backseat to like how, how he tells the story. Yeah, which is um, in the um, DVD that you have. There's a booklet about the movie and the director, and, and it actually makes perfect sense because he, um, even in it, he consults his schoolgirl daughter. Yeah. And also this pop band, um, Go Daigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you combine all three of them together, you're like, wow, this movie makes perfect sense, actually. If there's, and, and, you know, I said this when we were watching the movie, too because that you know the idea of having a soundtrack made before a movie is even shot is not a completely foreign idea yeah it's foreign to the united states but argento did that in um mm-hmm. i think even ennio Morricone, um a lot of the stuff that he worked on he read the um the character synopsis and then everything first and then created the movie based on that not the actual film exactly and like and and i think that that's it's really weird because i feel like if argento had a a weird twin that was also Japanese. But, uh, <laughs> this he might have made this movie. Yeah, uh, you know? it's... Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, the, and it's funny you mentioned Morricone because there's even in the scene there's the the the, the main character. All the girls are named uh, have like archetypical names. Like mm-hmm. there's the main character's gorgeous. Then you have 
um, sweet, and then you yeah. have Prof, who she's the brainy one. You have uh, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite Kung Fu, who's yeah. you know she. If she didn't know how to do karate, you'd be like, what the fuck, you know. But of course, <laughs> she, you know she's the badass of the group. And then you've got um, Melody. I bet you, you know, if you're wondering what she does, she plays music. Guess what? <laughs> um, the only one that's kind of weird that has a name. Where I'm like, where did the I is the Where's the juxtaposition? Is there's a character named Mac, and I th- yeah, and she's the the like I love to eat all the time. Yeah. And it's like why is she named Mac, and I'm thinking like, is it a reference to Big Macs? Yeah, like, that's in what the I 70s, kind of thought. You know, but then I was also like, oh, Mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, that works too. <laughs> but yeah. no, I think I think it I think is. it's Big Mac. Yeah, yeah, I think it is Big Mac. Um, but um, you know, Gorgeous's father is a film composer, and he's mm-hmm. just in, in the movie. He's just gotten done working with Leone. Yeah, who, who has told him? I did notice who that. tells him that. Uh, his his work is better than Morricone's, and I was like, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> um, but we'll, 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 you know, for the sake of uh, suspending disbelief, we'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that I really love about this movie is, um, it is it, it's funny, it's ridiculous. You get a piano that eats a girl. Yeah. You've got... Um, and the f- little pop uh, references make perfect sense. You know, while... Um, it, the piano is eating her. You have like a weird pop torso and like her head, and she's. Oh, yeah. It's like very. I, I feel like I, you find that a lot um, in the earlier films of like floating demon heads and stuff like that. Except yeah. now it's just exaggerated and ridiculous, and, and it is pop. You know. Yeah, and we um, we get we get a floating head in this one too. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, um, but you know. Um, so there's all these crazy visuals and, 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 and the transitions and a lot of, like, the different techniques he uses. There's a lot of slow-mo. There's, like, a few parts in the movie, like, especially when they're traveling to this this house, Auntie's yeah. house, where um, it uh, it almost feels like a music video. from b- Before yeah, music videos. Yeah. But it's got that, like, you know, the silhouette or the, the vignette on each of their face, like, each of the girls. And it's like, professor, prof, gorgeous, kung fu. And it's, like, it's almost like a cross between a music video and, like, the opening of a, a sitcom. Yeah, I do like the stage settings. Yes, I can't help it. Oh, I I just think it looks cool. But there's this really great sad story because like the whole idea is that you know they go to see Auntie. Auntie is this old woman who obviously doesn't look old, and there's a reason why. Um, but you know her <laughs> whole backstory is that like you know she was she had fallen in love with this this, this man. He goes off to war. I believe it's supposed to be World War II, and he never comes back. And she's been waiting and waiting and waiting, and and she's so like. Um, bitter and upset about losing her, this the love of her life that she becomes kind of this like weird vengeful monster demon mm-hmm. woman who like is basically you know she's in a wheelchair when we first see her but she's not in a wheelchair after the first girl disappears and you can kind of put it together there that she's like she's she's taking this life force you know and there's this really like I find that there's something about that that's really sad to me like a really like there's a there's a a lot of there's a really sad aspect of like there's just this character that's become this monster because of like She's, you know, love did not work out the way she had intended. Yeah. And there's a really fairy tale esque feeling to that. Like this movie feels to me like a fairy tale, right down to the fact that, like, instead of giving these girls, like, you know, real names, we're just we're naming them after like their, tr- you know, this one's the smart one, this one's this one. Yeah. And it's like, this is the perfect movie that could have started with a once upon a time. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's that great moment where like the teacher that one of them has a hots for, like he like. He, you know, he steps out. He's like, hello, Mr. Painter. Hello, yeah. this. And then, like, you know, there's a, you know, and then he, like, trips down the stairs and he gets a, a metal can stuck to his butt so he can't go with the girls. To, like, this, why is he going with them in the first place? I don't know why he's supposed to. I don't know. The ter- the student teacher thing is a little, 
weird to me. But then, um, but then you know, throughout the movie, like there's this there was that great scene where Gorgeous is like she's like she's doing the you know she's putting on the lipstick and she yeah. keeps having these weird visions of like Auntie as a young woman, Auntie you know her mother, and then like um, kind of that's that's her this this scene is like her way of becoming killed yeah. by the the house or whatever, and then um, the whole time this is happening, and we 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 start off in the beginning, and then we kind of. We touch up on it at the very end, but you know, Ma, uh, Dad's getting remarried to this woman who is, and you know, when when she first meets Gorgeous, and Gorgeous is freaking out, and there's like this almost this kind of weird, like she's upset about her mom being replaced, but I got a sense there's almost this weird sense of now it's not Oedipal when it's a woman and a father. What am I looking for? What is the? There's a phrase for it though. Oedipal is more when a man lusts after his mother. Yeah. There's another one for for the opposite. For the opposite, and I can't remember Freud. what. Yeah, Shit. but um, there's the sense of yeah. that too, you know. No, yeah, absolutely. Because she, you know, um, if you watch it in the beginning, the her reaction is very jealous. Yeah, and she's like flashing back to the times that she's taking care of her dad, like helping. Yeah, because he's like, "This is gonna be your new mother. She's really good at see, like the, like clothing and cooking." And she's like, and the daughter's like, "Uh, that's what I'm good at." And then like it's like cutting to like her helping her dad <laughs> with his outfit, and you're like. Oh, weird. And it says she's being such a baby. Like, in the thing, everyone's like, your dad's so cool. And she's like, no, he's not. Yeah, she really does not, like... Yeah, you little brat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, I, like, again, I, I really... I think that there's a lot of absurdity and funniness to this movie or humor to this movie, but I think there's also, like, this really great, sad story that's kind of... You love identifying with the bad. Well, no, but I mean, like... It is sad, but... It, it's sad, because, I mean, not just not just because of I auntie. think all of the... A lot of the folklore stuff um, has to do with loneliness. Right. People go yeah. insane from loneliness, which actually, I guess, is a, isn't there a whole suicide forest in Japan? Um, it's, it's a very strange thing. I think a lot of their things, um, even though there's so many people, they're all lonely. Well, it, yeah, it, it comes from loneliness and despair, yeah. and, and it comes from love, again, not working out, or... You know, whether it's, you know, it's like someone broke somebody's heart or whether somebody's heart got broken by yeah. circumstance, and you know? And quite on there, uh, the whole start of that is two brokenhearted <laughs> stories, basically. Even um, even demons, you know, is, yeah. uh, you know, um, a, a disgraced samurai um, finds comfort in a geisha. And then um, she, you know, tricks him into thinking they're in love, and he ruins his good name, and then goes insane and kills everyone. Typical, you know. It's yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. It's but, lost love, and again, women. But Auntie, but Auntie loses her husband not just because he doesn't just leave; he leaves to go to war, which is yeah. interesting because, like, I feel like that is kind of that says something about you know World War Two as well. I mean, there's not, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the this is what happened to this is what happened to everybody. You know, like the, the, mm -hmm. it's. it's you know, in, in the case of Auntie, she loses the the, the love of her life, and now yeah. she's become this like, you know, bitter, insane, insane like monster. monster. Yeah. yeah, and I, I really I think there's something sad to that, and there's also something sad about. Um, Which is funny because it is sad, but this is not a sad film. No, no, it's something. This is why it's like that ending when Gorgeous and her her soon to be stepmom, like the really the sinister, like you know, basically all the girls have been now incorporated into the house, and they're yeah. all, they're part of this this story now. They're part of this like because the, you know as the girls are traveling to um, to the house, they stop by this, <laughs> I, and this I'm not joking. He's a watermelon vendor. <laughs> oh, I hate him. Yeah, he's a really sleazy, gross watermelon vendor. But he's like. You're going up to the house. Ah, oh, the lady of the house will be really pleased. And it's like this house in the middle of nowhere has become 
part of like the the folklore in that yeah. area, and now the girls have now become assimilated to this like um, this folklore. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and there's that great scene where you know the stepmom or the soon to be stepmom's like, where are your friends? And then she's like, oh, they're sleeping, but they're gonna wake up when they get hungry. Yeah. And they're like dun dun dun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I like that, and I, I but I think there's something really. It's because the movie is so ridiculous that those little tiny moments really stuck with me the most because I was just like, whoa, there's something heavy going on I here. like, and and I see this in a lot of, uh, in a lot of film, a lot, a lot of Japanese film is the, um, the, the takes, but they're like filmed, you know, the reactions where they're just repeated like oh. over and over and over again. Like someone looks because there's a crash and it's like, it's like five shots of them like looking, but it's all different angles. It's very strange and unnerving and I really like it. I don't know why, but I do. I love yeah, it. And I mean, that's in this a lot too. A lot of like reaction shots of their face reacting in different ways. Well, absolutely. Cause you know, Obayashi, like you were saying earlier, he was, you know, he started off in, you know, in underground film, but he also, Became a ad executive, or ad, mm. or ad, he was film. He was doing not ad executive. He was film. He was a commercial director for, for ads. He was making you know, and and a lot of that you feel like a lot of that still plays yeah. a part in this movie. And, and what I like about th- what, what I a like, weird propaganda type of right thing. to use to use mar- to use the styles and techniques you used in marketing, to or and in, and in, in, you know, and commercials to to tell a story. I mean, I guess that's not no different than what's happened with you know. Think about like what happens in the you know the '90s, where a lot of directors were music video directors from the '80s. Yeah, you know? like David Fincher. David the, Fincher, yeah. You know, so like there is something really cool about somebody who's approaching film not necessarily from the you know the normal like over the shoulder shot, and then you're gonna get this, and we're gonna get this. You know, we're gonna get these the master take, and then we're gonna get these close ups. It's like a lot of the, you know in the '90s, especially directors were like. Now we're going to do it this way because this is how we know, you know, yeah. like this is what we've, we were used to doing. Um, I also like that this movie was made because the producers wanted to have capitalize on Jaws. They're like, yeah. hey, Jaws is a big deal. Let's get Which out. Which is so weird because it's nothing like Jaws. I mean, not it did really well in Japan. Yeah, not Jaws um, well. I know. <laughs> yeah, not not even close. Right. Well, uh, but it's not anything remotely it's uh, it's its own thing. On the same thing, it is. It really is. And I, and I like the fact that he went to his daughter, his uh, his preteen daughter for yeah. like, for for some of her ideas be and th- some of the things that scared her because, um, you know, as when, the older we get, the more we're so insistent on logic and yeah and things making sense. Whereas we forget what it was like when when we were kids and things didn't have to make sense. So like yeah, you know, it's like I, I remember thinking. Uh, I remember when I was watching Pacific Rim, in the theater. Um, which is funny because it's Guillermo del Toro doing a very Japanese style. Yeah, well, that's his ode to. So I, I think um, everyone, not everyone, but I, I like anime. A lot of people like yeah. anime, but Neon Genesis. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like an ode to the Japanese that film. Yeah, and like there's my that, little Mexican meatball. There's the, there's this there's that scene where he, there's like you know they're fighting the two the you know the giant uh, I don't even remember what they're fucking called in that movie but it's like the robot um, they're angels yeah, yeah the robot yeah the robot and the monster are fighting and then the robot all of a sudden out of the fucking blue pulls out a sword a giant sword yeah and it, to me it felt like when I was watching that what I and I cheered when I saw that because it felt like. Guillermo del Toro sitting there, he's writing the script, and he's just talking, he's just listening to a little kid, and the little kid's like, and then, and then it pulls out the sword, yeah. and then does this, and it's just like, man, that's awesome, that he's just like, there's no logic, there's no sense, there's no background or anything like that, it's just, it's, it's whatever, whatever you want to say, stream of consciousness, yeah. you know? 
And I, I think that that's something that we lose when we get older is that we lose that. Some directors still have it, and, and then some directors, you know, you know, most of us, you know, whether we're directing or not, like have that that adherence to um, logic and mm-hmm. and rationale. And I, what I like about House is that it's it doesn't have that. It's like it's really yeah. like, and then and then the piano it starts eating her up, and then the head flies out after out of the well, and it starts biting the girl's butt. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah. you're like, yeah, all those things are awesome. You're like, you know what? That sounds like a good movie. Yeah. All right, we're gonna put that in. Exactly. And I think a lot of us are too ashamed to when we're writing or we're do, you know, we're living our lives to like kind of go into those bouts of absurdity. And I think that that's one of the things I like about little kids is that they um they don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah. And that's why I like. That's why I like that he went to his his daughter for, for inspiration and stuff like that. But I guess he'd been playing this movie for two years before they actually started yeah. the footage. And that's just weird. It's so cool though. It yeah. is. It's so strange. Like I still don't know entirely how I feel about it, but I do really like it and mm. all. It's absurd and structured. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's very strange. Um, yeah, like I said, like it, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, cool. And then the second time, I was like, oh, all right, you know, I'm liking it more. And now, by the time I'm like, I think the third or fourth watching, I'm like, like again, those little tiny moments where, like, it, it, I'm when I say shit gets real, I don't mean like reels and like it like makes sense. Reality, uh, yeah. Or reality. I just mean that, like, you know, like again, like the 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 backstory of, of uh, Auntie and like you know the 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 whole thing between Gorgeous and her dad and her stepmom. You know, like this weird, like you know you know, feeling betrayed by her father for, for, for moving on past her mother, but also, but, but also replacing her as the person in the house yeah. who like was the filling in the mom's shoes, you yeah, know? Yeah, as like, like a matriarch of yeah. keeping and, this family together and all of a sudden. Right. And there's like, there's that whole, there, the, all that to me is like really interesting and sad. And I love the fact that it's in this movie, you know? And like, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, some of the characters, like, I love how, like, you know, you have a character in this movie named Fantasy, and she's, like, you know, she's the one who she's always, like, in her head's in the clouds, and she's <laughs> in love with their their hunky, manly professor. That's what, I mean, this is how they're describing him. And then there's one part that just cuts this weird fantasy of, like, him riding on a horse to come save her, and, like, you know. Yeah, they focus on that a lot. They're, like, a man's going to come save us, or, like, uh, you know, I know. he's very manly, and it's, like. Okay, <laughs> and I feel like that's something interesting too. Is that like there's a lot of, and I don't think it's, in, un, I don't think it's uh, by accident. There's a, yeah. there's a scene where you know he's introducing the new stepmom. He's like, surprisingly, she's good at this, this, and this. And the mom, the stepmom, she's like, you shouldn't have said surprisingly. And you're like, yeah, you motherfucker, you shouldn't yeah. have said surprisingly. <laughs> and and the whole idea that they are, you know, like some of these girls are waiting for a man to come. I mean, the whole idea, the, yeah. the whole movie is waiting for men to come and save the day or marry yeah. the whoever, you know? And it's like, you know, the whole thing is like, you know, if anything, this movie is a, is a giant metaphor for how men consistently let women down, you know? <laughs> like, they don't come back from yeah, the war. Yeah, the teacher never came. They, they don't come back from the war. The teacher never comes. They, yeah. they you know, the, the... He's eating noodles. The father... Just, fucker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The father moves on, you know? It's like, this whole movie is about guys fucking over and disappointing women, you know? <laughs> and um, and how much we suck. And it's true. So yeah, I, 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 I think all that's not, in, I don't think that's an accident. I think a lot No, of it's not. It is part of, I mean, when you, I, I say it focuses on women, but it is more of like, you know, um, women um, being left to have to revenge themselves yeah. um, is a lot what it, it is men are disappointing. Yeah, so. and I think that that's something that's really, you know, what I'm saying it's like there's there's these really heavy themes, yeah, that are kind of buried or kind of hidden away in this like um, kind of crazy, wacky, like uh, 
surreal, trippy. I mean, there's so many different words and adjectives you can use to describe House. The Honestly, the only way you can really get an idea of what the movie we're talking about is to fucking sit down and watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, watch the trailer because you'll go, oh, this, again, the trailer is one of those perfect, like, you don't, nothing's spoiled, and yet you get yeah. the, you get a sense of the movie completely, um, and you still don't know what exactly to expect. But um, you get an idea for the visual I'm talking about. But there is a really poignant story in there in 1977 about guys suck. Yeah. Um, guys suck and pianos eat people. That just yeah, happens. Pianos. I, I do like it too. That like she was kind of caught in the strings, and then it's like opening. It's wild. It's a wild scene. And you know, it's funny to me is that like for a movie that is again so absurd, there's this one scene that like I mean, creep. I don't know why. Because it's the second time, you know, I've, I've, it's been, it's creeped me out like this, where like, you know, they, you know, the fantasy and the other girl talking to, you know, they're in the kitchen with Auntie, and the fantasy turns around, sees Auntie like kind of like take a, like she just walks into the fridge. Yeah. Like she just kind of takes a back step into the fridge, like kind of like with this like mocking smile. "Ah." And then, and she's dancing. Right. And then fantasy's like, what the fuck? And then she, and then she turns around, she's the only one who sees Auntie on the other side of the room. Yeah. And it's like, that to me is really, I mean, if it, 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 on one hand it's like, oh, it's so kind of hokey because the the limitations of the effects that that time period, but at the same time, like that's a really fucking creepy moment in this movie. I and do. Well, you know what I think is creepy is the cats painted everywhere all around the house. Hey, if I walked into that house and saw all those painted cats, I'd be like, we have to leave. Someone yeah. creepy lives here. We have to leave immediately. Hey. I've never seen a cat person on this level. Look, the moment the, the auntie says, oh, the fridge doesn't work. We have to use the well outside. I'm like, uh, <laughs> check, please. I'm, I'm going to go stay in the hotel, ladies. You guys can have yeah. all this stuff. Like, Why do you bring me to your bunk ass? Don't worry. Aunt's I'll come back house. for you guys later. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and then, of course, I never show up um, because, you know, again, we let women down all the time. But um, <laughs> but no, I like that. I really do like that this movie is a combination of exactly what you were talking about. Like, the, yeah, the, the 60s, um, the kind of very period piece, but like very folklore, fairy tale esque yeah. you know, horror films. And then, you know, it's kind of, again, it's a great bridge between like, you know. That and then there's like those scenes where like you know like gorgeous is bathing you know and there's mm-hmm. like you know or like the end of the movie when like the whole wa- the whole house is getting submerged in water and like I think two of the girls are just thrashing around completely nude in the water and you're yeah like, you're like what, what the okay. fuck I guess <laughs> but it's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't come off to me as exploitative yeah or ex- gratuitous yeah it's gratuitous just, it's just you're just kind of like oh weird scene. But sure. there, but there is something sensual and sexy about you know, yeah, anybody you know, and like I, I mean, also Japan was really kind of getting into like the outside of horror, like in the realm, uh, yeah, not, um, not in the realm of sense, the senses. That's something else. But um, goddamn, there's this Japanese film. I'll have to get back to you guys next episode where like they actually have hardcore porn se- in it. Porn in it. Yeah, I feel like the late, especially the seventies, you get into a lot of the sexploitation. Maybe it is in the realm of the senses films, um, but there's a lot of so, uh, there's a, especially when you get into hentai and stuff like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I I do really like it. Um it's such a weird It is. It's a strange it's film. It's a strange film and it really does bridge a, uh, an interesting gap between, you know, the the 60s and the 90s and then like I said I just I never really got too much into the um to the J-horror as it went on, like, you know, what was the... But I, I love the 90s, so... Yeah, no, no I like... And 90s, horror, 90s Japanese horror is awesome. I'm talking more of, like, you know, when we get into, like... Um, Even early 2000s, I, I still... Because it's, like, they, uh, they're, they're kind of so bad that I like them. Um, well, that's just horror in general in the but, early 2000s. But what's the difference between The Ring and... And um, what was the one when, that they remade with... Um, 
Sarah Michelle Gellar. Was it Sarah Michelle Gellar? Oh, The Grudge. The Grudge. And what's the difference between The Grudge and the one they made with Jennifer Conley? Where it's uh, wait, who, wait, Jennifer Conley Jenny, was in one. Jennifer Conley? Yeah, she was in one where like it was like water, like the the monster. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. I think I remember that one. I don't. Yeah. Uh, between the Grudge and the water one, one is like a water, isn't? Dark. Like a, yeah. Well, one's a water monster and one's a, a another monster. But they all. Well, look- the Grudge was the whole. The whole woman was. Uh, she had an affair. Right. And then you know, it didn't work out and she he, oh yeah her husband like found out in her obsession and like beat her and she died and her child. So it's like it's like the whole woman folklore of revenge and her child. But And what was the ring about? It was about wasn't it about wasn't a girl. Wasn't the ring? No, the ring was uh not a, uh it was, but I mean the remake what was her name? No, 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 no. there was there was the, no, that was not even American. Watts. I know, no, there's the re, the American remake of the but ring. But no, the like, ring was um fuck the ring was Naomi Watts in America. Yeah, that's right. But then I'm talking about so there you have the ring or Ringo, and then you have the Grudge, and then you have um, what was it Dark Water? I think. But I think. another one, I wasn't she the uh, same? A but woman they're all was murdered, they're, they're and all, then they're, she... all, they're, all, they're all monster women that, whose faces yeah. are barely visible because their hair is so long and you can't. Yeah, but that's the whole. There's like that's what goes back to uh, quite on if I am saying it right. But um, the woman with long black hair, she's like she's the fixture. I can't remember the actual name for her. It's like it's like. Oh fuck! Um, okay, well, it's like Yuri actually, or it's like a it's a it's an actual name. That's that's the prominent piece, especially it holds everything together. Everywhere, um, she's like a mon- um, focal point in Japanese okay. horror. Well, but, you know what? You've actually made me more interested to go back and revisit those movies. But um, I I love the '90s. I'm a '70s and '90s are my thing. I think you'd like it. I think you should go back. Maybe I, now and I have will, a new appreciation. I think I will. I, I want to read. I want to find these books or these writings that you've talked about. Yeah. Actually, so I was going to say that um, uh, the book um, Quidon is actually online for free. Um, you can you can find it anywhere as long um, as well as a bunch of movies on YouTube that are free. I actually found Demons, the 1971 flick on YouTube for free. Um, okay. Full movies uploaded as well as Blind Beast is on there with these are both ha- all have English subtitles. Okay. Um, even some Spanish, too, if you guys are Spanish speakers um, and you want to watch a. Japanese film in Spanish. Um, but yeah, those are free on YouTube as well as the book. The book is out there. You just have to Google it. Um, luckily, um, on YouTube too, some angels uploaded these videos too. Oh, cool. So yeah, I want to check that out. And uh, yeah, next next episode, we're going to be going into another country. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I really, I mean, we've, we only touched a little bit on like some Italian horror, right? But we've mainly focused on American horror. And I'm actually really excited to go over some of these movies that we're picking because uh, there's a lot of great international horror. Yeah, I mean, it, again. Like, uh, obviously. Well, yeah, but I mean, also just like, it, it's also really interesting to see like what, what how one culture reacts to one thing and, and, and what, yeah, when a culture reacts to another like yeah. what their fixtures are I mean like what you were just saying that like the the, the idea of the long haired woman mm-hmm. goes the spectral woman in, is a fixture in Japan whereas I don't know what we would have in, in America as yeah. the same what, what the equivalent would be except for maybe that we didn't steal already it, from. except for maybe like the person in the backseat of the car you know like yeah that feels like very distinctly I mean even though well also you, America itself is uh, is fairly young compared to all of the other cultures right. around the world too so um, it's interesting too to see how American culture interprets uh, everything else and how we've made it into films and then so I, I think it's going to be really fun um, to bring some of these other movies to light as well sure 
And uh, on the, in the meantime, uh, go ahead and check you know check us out on Instagram if you don't already. It's video underscore vampires. Yeah, like our stuff. Like our stuff. Talk to us. Subscribe because we're gonna have a giveaway coming out later on this summer, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, a few months. Yeah, and it's gonna require you to be familiar, not necessarily with listening to every episode, but at least knowing what the movies we've covered in the past <laughs> before. So. Um, I, you know, I I just think the easiest way to do that is just subscribe, and then, hey, what do you know? You can listen to the episodes and go, this is great. I love this episode. I'm going to give it five stars. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll have some other stuff going on later on this summer. But, yeah, we're going to be doing uh, all all over the world. So Yeah, so stay tuned all right. to our little international treat. I think that this closing, this ed- this exit was way better than this, the entrance, this yeah. intro. I thought the intro was a little... A little weak, but I think this exit is really strong. I think we're gonna okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> we did good. We good job, okay. Jess. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>